0: Mr. Speaker. Let's get political,
1: political. let's get the let's get the litter, let the let's get let the <laughs> All right, it's a Friday morning, it's Radio 191 FM, that means it's time to get political with uh, John Moore, Jill Moore and Dr Phil Ferguson. Morena to you all. Morena. Morena. How are we today?
2: Very good.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a lovely, beautiful morning. It's going to get bad, but uh, we'll we'll take it when it comes. Right, um, we're going to talk this morning about abortion law reform, Um, the Law Commission Um, released some recommendations last week, I believe, at the beginning of last week. I mean, abortion is illegal in New Zealand. It's a crime under the Crimes Act. Um, The law, um, you know, kind of is designed to control a woman's fertility. Um, In 2014, 216 people were denied an abortion. Um, Everyone involved in it, involved in an illegal practice uh, procedure and is liable to imprisonment for up to 14 years. Uh, it is allowed in cases where a pregnant person faces a danger to her or their life, um, physical or mental health, uh, so right now you have to start, uh, state that you're mentally ill to have an abortion in this country essentially. Um, so it looks like um, well, Labor has come in on a promise that they'll they'll look into this, and they've uh, come up with a few options, John.
2: Yes, so in the last election period Jacinda Ardern said that it was her wish uh, if Labor was to become government that they take abortion out of the Crimes Act and and as you said we have this contradiction at the moment where um, on the face of it seems uh, we have quite a liberal regime around abortion where um, more or less uh, it seems that uh, any woman wanting to access abortion uh, can gain that access. However, in law and on paper, abortion is an illegal act under the Crimes Act, and and the exceptions uh, come under the Contraception, Sterilisation and Abortion Act that was passed by the Muldoon government in 1977, and that allows abortion in exceptional circumstances, including on the basis of mental health. And the vast majority of women who get abortions uh, get it on the basis of mental health. So, in a sense, that could be called a loophole uh, in terms of abortion being a legal act. Um, we don 't necessarily have the data though in the statistics to know um, uh, how many women are not getting abortions because of the current legislation. Right. Certainly, a doctor can turn down a woman even on, um, on so-called ethical or moral grounds. So mm. let's say they were a doctor was a staunch Catholic or evangelical Christian. Uh, they could turn down the woman, the woman would have to go and find another doctor. Um, so um, I would certainly argue that that's uh, grossly unfair uh, on, on the part of the woman. And um, reform uh, should be all about uh, trusting the woman and, and their decision to um, go through with an abortion or not. Mm. Well, the latest statistics we
1: have from 2014 were 216 women, well, people, I <coughs> should say, were denied.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, an abortion. Whether or not they went on and s- seek another doctor, which I assume they probably did, mm. um, I, 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 I can't comment on that. And we don't know
2: why they were denied either. No, so no. Th- these are um, statistics that we don't, don't seem to have.
1: Mm, mm. Um, Jill, you've been fighting for uh, abortion mites for a number of years and you're a retired nurse as well, so you've been on the front line of medical... Yes, yes, very uh, much so. Yeah, yeah, so it's something... Um, so it, it's about time, isn't it, that we we, we, we oh, at least oh, looked
0: at it. Oh, definitely. And, you know, before I say anything, what I would like to recommend is that people do a bit of reading and get a bit, an idea of the history of what women have been subjected to. Um, there's a paper put out by Courtney Norton, 2017, an Otago graduate, a recommendation for reform of New Zealand abortion law. The other one is a novel by Fiona Kidman, A Breed of Woman written about women in the 60s and 70s, and in the 60s and 70s, mainly the 70s, was when I was involved in the women's liberation movement, mm-hmm. and we were fighting for women's rights, and abortion was a, a way up there on that list. Um, and if we look at what young women were subjected to, um, having to go to a doctor to more or less say that they're mentally insane when they're actually not, to be able to get an abortion. And there were some loopholes around that. The Australian laws were far more liberal, and in Sydney and in Melbourne, they were performing abortions without having to go through all these you know, tests. So young women were... Um, told that if they knew the right people and I was one of those people and I did help a number of women Mm -hmm. to go to a doctor, particular doctor in Stuart Street who had lots of empathy um, and recommended that these young women go to Australia and would write a letter Mm -hmm. um, for them to actually do that and of course If they didn't do that and the pregnancy carried on, um, read a breed of woman, you'll find out what happened. These women went over the... the strait up north to some place out in the country where they lived with people, then they went into an unmarried mother's nursing home, had their babies and their babies were taken from them and adopted out and these women, a lot of them never ever saw those children again mm. and lived with that grief yes. of, I've lost a child, where is my child, I don't know where my child is and then the child, if they were told thought, where are my parents? Um, And even that was difficult for them to find out because there were a lot of laws around that as well. So there's a lot going on there Mm. um, in this, you know, getting this abortion law um, reformed so that women do have a right to say what happens to their body.
1: Well, It seems like the fallout from not being able to have an abortion could lead to some serious mental illness. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: I mean, uh, it's something that's creating it in terms of um, not having to, you know, they say you have to, you may have to have it to have one um, but if, if, if you don't and then you, you don't have one, then you, it may lead to issues
0: in your life. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, and, like, and in the child's yeah, life. I'd like to get into the heads of these people that are who do not agree with abortion based on their religious um, affiliations, whatever. Um, have they ever been in a situation? Do they know of anyone in a situation mm. um, where you know they became pregnant and really did not want to have that child and then, if they were with those people, were they forced to have a child or have a child and give it up for adoption so yeah i don 't understand um, I suppose from religious grounds yeah but apart from that yeah, from of course, humanitarian grounds I, I don't. mean
1: the right for yeah. life campaigners i mean um, have some pretty compelling arguments mm-hmm. i mean you know when when is a fetus a human? You know, why don't we give the right to life to a fetus that has a heartbeat at six weeks, um, that has um, brain, um, you know, uh, going on after five to six weeks, you know? Um, Where uh, where are their rights?
0: If you look at the, you know, going back to the law um, in England, which we in New Zealand adopted in 1866. So in 1803 in England, abortion was permissible prior to movements of the fetus. And then, of course, 1866, New Zealand adopted that law, and then from there on we have a whole list of things that people probably need to read to find out exactly Mm -hmm. um, what was going on.
3: I think another issue is that making abortion illegal and punishing women who had abortions and doctors who provided abortions didn't make abortion go away it just drove mm. women to backstreet abortions mm. and so we've got a whole history in in Britain and in New Zealand mm-hmm. of the horrors of backstreet abortions and women dying in backstreet abortions and I'm not talking about one or two I mean, you know, you're talking about some serious well, every number is a serious number but you're talking about, you know like you're not just talking about one or two um, and then also um, women being mangled in backstreet abortions, so that later on in life, when they might have wanted to to have a child, that you know they couldn't. And there's graphic presentations of that. And I think in um, is it Sonia Davies' Bread and Roses, or one of her mm-hmm. her things, you yeah. know, about backstreet abortion in New Zealand. There's a very graphic um, thing in um, Nell Nel Dunn's. Um, novel Up the Junction in the early 60s, which had a big, big public impact. It was a very famous novel Mm -hmm. where a young woman had uh, had a backstreet abortion. So, you know, you've got that situation um, as well. So, you know, women who have have unwanted pregnancies are always going to try and have abortions, always. And so Mm -hmm. it's a question of whether their choice is respected and they're provided with safe, free, Legal abortion, or whether they're driven to to more more desperate things,
1: and that discriminates as well against the poor yep, and minorities.
3: Yeah. Yes, and actually, wealthy women were often able to obtain abortions because somebody in their family knew a doctor yeah. who would help them out mm. to avoid the shame mm. of of the unwanted child. You know, or they would sort of go on overseas. Oh, you know. Mary's o- overseas she's doing her OE when she was actually yeah. <laughs> having a baby or whatever Go so to Australia yeah or wherever yeah so yeah. it was always you know working-class women and poorer women who suffered the most you know, I'm not saying that middle- class women actually got off yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on it but it was it was working class and poorer women who suffered the most yeah. what are the options oh, well sorry.
0: Um, I just want to say you know where do men come into this do they have any understanding So a woman, you know, they have a one-night stand or whatever it is, and the woman gets pregnant, and she may not tell him. Hmm. Um, Or if she does tell him, he may not want anything to do with it. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, men do get off fairly lightly from something that is... Really affects your life. And
1: men have always controlled the law too, Jerry.
0: Absolutely, that's what I was trying to look up and find out how many men were in Parliament when oh, for you Muldoon. Know, uh, Muldoon, yeah, yeah passed How many women were there opposed to I men? mean,
1: still now it's 38% women. You yeah, know, and, and yeah. this is the highest. Rate and it doesn't mean that all had. women
0: are going to vote for it. No, no. But it's more likely that they will uh, have an empathy, uh, a different feeling around, um, especially if they've had a pregnancy mm. around this and what it is like. Yeah, well, it's a, yeah.
1: it's a it's a it's a law that affects mainly women. It so, does. You know, or, or um, you know, um, transgender uh, men as well, and and um, gender fluid of people. Course, of um, So you know, it, it's them that should really. I have the power in this decision. Mm. Uh, what are the options, John? What are, what are the models?
2: Okay, so um, Justice Minister Andrew Little has asked the Law Commission to provide advice on how to take abortion out of the Crimes Act, and their advice is that there um, three alternative approaches. Um, one, uh, include no statutory test for an abortion to take place, so a woman would automatically have the right to have an abortion, would not have to go through and see, um, get permission from a doctor first. Um, a, statutory t- a statutory test performed by one health practitioner mm-hmm. um, and a statutory test performed only after 22 weeks of pregnancy. So uh, with those three options obviously the most radical position in a sense the most uh, um, that's most in line with a pro-choice philosophy would be have no statutory test for abortion that it's just automatically a woman's right and she gets to choose and, and no one else has a say in that or can prevent that woman from having an abortion mm-hmm.
1: what are your feelings uh jill after 22 weeks of pregnancy we i mean how long should
0: Yeah, this is a difficult one because I worked in um, a special care baby unit at Queen Mary Hospital and, you know, uh, they were saving babies um, from about 23 weeks when I stopped working there. And that was one of the reasons I stopped working there. I, I found it so difficult to see these tiny, tiny little, well, virtually fetus babies um, subjected to so much medical treatment and never knowing and most of those babies had brain bleeds and went on to have other complications and this was coming about because once again you had doctors that were pro-life and doctors that were the other way and so you were never knowing what was going to happen Um, but I suppose for the parents You know they've carried that baby through to that time Um, that would be they probably wanted you know that baby to continue but however we're talking actually about abortion so would you have an abortion after 22 weeks well maybe if there were complications for the mother complications for the baby Um, there could be a number of reasons around that I I, I really find that a difficult one to answer Mm. Mm, I guess
1: if if, if, if the uh, mother or, or um, whatever um, is going perhaps to die, mm. you know, yes, in childbirth, and and you can probably you can pick that up quite early. Um, you know, that would be a reason to have one after twenty two weeks. I, mm. I, I, I assume. Um, but, what are the uh, uh, isn't it kind of odd that we have a discussion in the
3: 21st century about well, here's here's a woman's right. Do we give them half that right? Do we give them three quarters of that right? Or do we give them all that right? Mm. Yes. You know? And that's the problem that I have with the time limit thing. Like what woman is going to wait around to like week 30? You know? They're going to try and get an, an abortion as early as possible. Yeah. But if something happens they have to have the right to have that
0: yeah.
3: abortion later on so my position is that it's a woman's right to choose and as early as possible and as late as necessary and women are going to choose to have the abortion as soon as possible yeah. Yeah. rather than as late as, 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 late as, as possible
1: Well, uh, uh, Can laws and should the government have the right to choose when a <coughs> child is a child like, you know, is a child a child when it comes out of the, out of the womb, or is a baby a baby uh, at 22 weeks or at 30 weeks?
2: Well, that, I think that question points to wider philosophical issues, um, and of course you, uh, being pro-choice isn't conditioned on, on believing that a fetus or an embryo is not a human you could uh, um, and um, be still pro-choice on the basis of consequences that uh, even though you believe a a fetus is is a child, a cognitive human being, the consequences of limiting abortion is to while a woman is pregnant is to take fundamental rights away from her in terms of control over her body. So I guess that's the position I would hold. I'm I'm flexible over the question of when a fetus or when an embryo can be defined as a human being. but personally I'm not flexible over the question of women having control over their own bodies. But I realise it's a very tricky philosophical and and political question. Mm. Those pro-choice advocates who would say um, that the fetus uh, is not a human being until it's outside the mother's womb, I think that that doesn't stand up to uh, scientific and and, and philosophical questioning. Um, But nonetheless, I think for me the question is one of consequences and yeah, if you start placing term limits on when you can have an abortion, then you're, at a certain stage you're saying, um, okay, the woman's 22 weeks, 23 weeks pregnant, she suddenly loses rights over her own body. So I think uh, those those people who advocate that abortion should not be allowed at a certain point have to admit that they're saying women shouldn't have rights over complete rights over their own body mm. at a certain point and then we can have a rational um discussion about that yeah yeah do you think
1: we've had ever had a rational discussion about this or it's all you know have we looked at it philosophically or has it always been an emotional issue
2: i think people avoid the deeper scientific and philosophical questions because on both the pro-choice and the so-called pro-life side uh yeah i guess um there's a the rhetoric is, is often used over um more deeper discussions and i guess even for the pro choice side it suddenly becomes difficult when when the the fetus and the womb could function and live outside the womb mm. well mm. The, 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 sorry no yeah, it's just, just that,
0: you know so you're talking about viability because mm. you're talking about when is it a human and when is it mm. so you know in terms when i worked um, a nursed in maternity, it was like the viability. Yeah. What stage is that fetus viable? Is is it going to survive? Yeah. Um, but then, as I was saying, if the only way it's going to survive is because you're going to pump all this stuff into it and do all the rest, well, it's of unnatural it, anyway. Are you going against mm. a natural? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the
1: pro-life is often <coughs> talking about nature, right? I mean, you yeah. know, from from conception to natural death. Mm. Um, and if that baby would naturally die at that point anyway, mm. then that's a natural, you know. Yes, of course. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, what? Who? Who's saying what in Parliament? You know, is this going to be a conscious vote or, or throughout all the parties? Um, I know. Um, you know, National kind of signals at one stage that they might have to go along party lines, but uh, that may have changed now.
2: Um, I think definitely will. National, it'll be a conscious vote. And remember, Simon Bridges is opposed to it. Abortion. I don't think he'll push it hard. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's to the benefit of national for their leader to oppose abortion reform. But um, I think a number of national MPs at least will want a conscious vote on this. The Greens uh, um, have a party line on this, so to say, so they are definitely pro reform. And they're really the only party over the last decade that has pushed hard on abortion reform. Um, Would Labor? more or less Labour as a party is campaigning for abortion reform but I think they will allow it to be a conscious vote because there's a number of Labour MPs that are uh, likely to vote against abortion reform. New Zealand First, who knows, ACT um, their one member of parliament is definitely pro-choice and I think it's likely to vote for reform but the ACT party as a whole, whatever that means <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah What what is their stance, uh, who knows. Well what should, kind of vote should it be? Should it be
1: conscious or should it be party lines i mean uh, surely um you know it, i mean the whole argument's about choice mm. so th- they should be able to vote with their
2: heads right yeah well you could say that as long yeah, as they do du- that, uh, due
1: diligence yeah, in I mean, their
2: research we have a party political system though where parties stand on a certain platform uh and and, and um the general electorate expects that party to deliver on that platform so Yes, I can understand on highly contentious issues that uh, parliamentarians would want an individual conscience vote, that they're not have to vote on party lines. But I also think there's a very strong argument to say that, well, political parties should have positions on human rights, on women's rights issues, and present that to the electorate and, and then uh, vote along the lines that they've, the platform they've stood on, rather than leaving it up to individual MPs to decide... Uh, which way they want to vote? Mhm. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. um, mhm. What's been happening in Ireland, Phil? Because
3: well, is, is yeah, a... um, well, in Ireland, um, back in the 1980s, the uh, the religious right, basically the Catholic Church hierarchy, which had its tentacles in every section of Irish society, in a very mal- malign. Influence uh, managed to get an amendment to the Constitution passed, the Eighth Amendment, which put a constitutional ban on abortion. Mm. And that meant that Parliament couldn't legislate to liberalise the law. Um, it could only be changed by referendum. And they managed to get that by a two-to-one vote. You know, big, big um, majority. Um, and then earlier this year... There was another referendum and there was an absolutely, you know, public Mm -hmm. opinion in Ireland has moved on. I'm talking about the south of Ireland. Um, And, you know, a new generation and the vote was two to one to get rid of that, the constitutional ban on abortion. So they're now going to have a liberalised situation uh, in which, yeah, women will be able to, for the first time ever, access abortion because there's no abortion services whatsoever. No. In no they'll the, go south of Ireland. To to or the north of Ireland for that matter, yeah, they have to go to Britain. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: So do you think they would um, open some abortion clinics yes. like, you know, we have done in New Zealand. Yeah. And um yeah, and, yes. there'll, and there'll probably be people outside them every day oh, picketing, yes. like they did at the one nursing yes. home that I worked at in uh, <laughs> Bailey Avenue in Christchurch every yeah. day. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, and, I, uh, and fair enough. Yeah, well, they, they, have yes, the but
1: right to. Very they do have the a right. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the thing. I mean, you know know—you've you, got to be one of those women that's going into yeah. that and you yes, get that yeah, procedure and done, and you're having this stuff people, thrown at you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really horrible and uncomfortable. But they yeah. have their right to process yes. it, and we and we, yeah. we can't take that
3: away. And actually, one of the other enc- there's two other encouraging things that are happening in the south of Ireland as well. There's going to be a referendum to decriminalise blasphemy.
2: Wow. Um, that 's already passed hasn 't it? I thought the, a majority of mm, no, that 's coming up right yeah. <laughs> unless, unless, unless,
3: it was, unless it was yesterday and I missed it um, uh, yeah i mean i, I can 't remember what the data that was uh, well, surely it wasn 't yesterday, and I missed it um, and there 's also a battle going on over the ch- over there 's a new maternity hospital being set up, and the government has pumped three hundred and fifty million euros into it and they, the government wants to give control to the um, Irish Sisters of Charity, yeah. who are one of the religious orders that are up to their eyeballs in child sexual abuse and child mm. physical abuse scandals over decades. Yeah, and these, um, and so there's a campaign. You know, there's basically a campaign to separate the church and state because in the south of Ireland, you know, for ever since that state has existed, the Catholic Church has had its tentacles everywhere, mm-hmm. like in the health. You know, the dominant. In the health system and in the educational system, and people are now trying to like chop off the tentacles or remove the tentacles yeah. from
0: and I think that that does need to happen because within the Catholic Church because there 's so much other stuff going on that they need to deal with yeah. um, you know to actually interfere in you know women 's health um, yeah, no well
1: there 's a reason why these uh, referenda are passing because the church has done so much damage and so much horrible abuse and deaths and the like that the yeah, the church, you know, they've just dissolved their own power. Yeah. Um, just quickly, because we're about to finish here, uh, in all reality it's the right to choose. If you choose to be pro-life, then you be pro-life. If you choose to have an abortion, then you choose to have it. And with this law reforms will, will come those choices. So you can still be pro-life mm-hmm. and you can still be against abortion, you don't have to
2: have one. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, it's Mm. as simple as that. Mm. It's as simple as that. And Uh, I don't expect there to be major opposition. as you said, traditionally the Catholic Church would rally against abortion, but e- even in Ireland, uh, I mean the Pope was pretty silent about that referendum and I think they realise that they're in an absolute crisis, so they, they don't really have the moral high ground anymore.
1: Yeah, well you know, I mean, they just leave Ireland around now, they've got the Philippines, they'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you for coming in this morning, Jill, John and Phil.